Hey, welcome to GC365. Today is December 1. Trent, we have one month left on the one-year Bible. If they've been doing this from the start, which many of you have, way to go. You're 11 months in. You only got one month. Don't blow it this last month. Stick with it. Way to go. It's awesome. Now, Trent, you, you've been reading the one-year Bible with us this year. We've kind of been doing it as a Bible study. We have a men's Bible study we do. Uh, tell me your observations as you've thought about this this year. What, what What's that like? Well, I've read through the Bible a few times before, but this is the first time I've gone through the Bible since my wife passed away, and it has given me a whole new perspective. There are verses that have spoken to me that I overlooked before. Mm. There are mm. parts of the Bible that are dedicated to people like me, widows, wow. people wow. suffering, people and going through a hard time. how long ago did your wife die, Trent? She passed away in December 2019. Okay, um, so about I a have, year, year and a half, almost two years. Yeah, and I have twins, 12 years old, boy and a girl, and we're doing well. Um, it's been a struggle between work and being a single dad and and trying to take care of everything for So how do you read your Bible? So talk about it. So someone's listening in here going, mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a, you're a mm -hmm. single dad, couple of kids. How do you make time priority to do that? We talk about streaks. So we always give yeah. each other a hard time. We're trying to keep a streak going. And my streaks are, are not great, but I, I go, I go through surges where I'll have, you know, maybe an hour, a couple hours to just sit down and read, you know, um, but it's not always consistent. I try to work around the kids' schedule and my work schedule and, and just create time when I can. Yeah. Um, and, and God always finds a way, yeah. you know, and he always brings those, those words to me at the right time, exactly when I need hmm. it. So it's been for you, um, a relief from some of the stuff you're feeling in grief, right? It's yes, definitely a relief. And, and I just think of one verse that, that, has comforted me so much. Um, Psalm 34, 18, God is close to the brokenhearted mm. and he rescues those crushed in spirit. Yeah. I, I think I overlooked that verse before and, and, and it just means so much to me. The verses in Isaiah about, um, the Messiah being a man of sorrows. Oh yeah. And, um, acquainted with deepest grief. And, and that prophecy has just meant so much to me. And, and I also spent a lot of time thinking about heaven. And if, mm. if Isaiah could speak so accurately about the coming Christ, then all of his prophecies and everything in Daniel and Revelation, yeah, how much more true must that be? Yeah. Which brings us to the point. Today's mm -hmm. reading. So let's get into today's reading. Daniel mm -hmm. 8. Now, I love the book of Daniel. Now, I'm named Daniel, and that's my name. I love the story mm -hmm. of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I love the story of Daniel and the lion's den. I love all that. But the bulk of Daniel is really complicated prophecy. Yeah. Now, you're a guy that has read the Bible through and all this. What, what, what's your take on all this? How, how, do you, uh, how do you read Daniel? For someone that's listening, how do they read it? How do you pick it up? I'm not a theologian. There's no way I can understand all of the details that he's writing about. Um, but I trust that one day 
it will all make sense. Yeah. Just like the prophecies in Isaiah about Jesus make sense to yeah. us. Well, in fact, if you read Daniel 8, so you're mm. reading this and you're you're probably like me. As I read Daniel 8, he starts talking about a goat knocking off a couple of rams mm. and 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 then these and then these two holy ones which are obviously angels are talking about um the rebellion and all this sort of stuff and 2300 evenings and mornings and and then they and then they say, "Hey, Daniel doesn't get it. We better explain this to him." So Gabriel goes to explain this to him and Daniel faints and, and and I I just think this is so crazy and so Gabriel then explains it to Daniel and even after the angel Gabriel explains to Daniel what mm-hmm. it's supposed to mean I still don't get it. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, you. So if you're struggling mm-hmm. understanding Daniel 8 just relax. Uh I, in fact I I like what he says here um in, in verse 26 he says this evening's not going to happen for a long, long time. So keep this vision secret. Now, I I don't know exactly why it didn't get kept secret because here we are reading it. It's not much of a secret right here, but um, I, I I think the point is that you may not understand this because it hadn't happened yet. You kind of mentioned that too. We'll understand it looking backwards better than looking forwards, I think. It, and it, it reminds me, the other day, I took my kids to a corn maze. And when you're walking through the maze, you know, the twists and the turns don't make any sense when you're going through it. And sometimes you think you're going the wrong direction. But when you stand up on that platform and you look down, you see it. You see it. Or if you're flying overhead, you can see exactly yeah. why everything is laid out the way it is. And yeah. that's kind of how I. Hopefully you went on a not a rainy day. It got really (laughs) rainy here. It's a little muddy. (laughs) A little muddy. Well, let's go to 1 John uh, and chapter 2. I I actually love this passage. Um, John, he's like the same guy that writes Revelation, writes 1 John. And you kind of picture him as being an older guy. And I I like what he calls him, my dear children. It's like he's the last disciple alive. And so like all these kids, everyone that's a Christian, he kind of calls them his kids. And he says, I'm writing so you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, you have an advocate. Uh, that That's really actually kind of comforting. Probably for you as you're raising your kids, you, you think about your kids that way, right? Well, I've made plenty of mistakes throughout my life and mm-hmm. I still make them. And I still have to ask for forgiveness, you know, from God, mm-hmm. from my kids. And it is so comforting to know yeah. that we have an advocate. Well, and I, but I'm just thinking of my, my kids. Do mm-hmm. I teach my kids that way? You know, I'm trying to tell you how to live your life so you don't mm-hmm. make the same mistakes that I do. Mm-hmm. But but if you make a mistake, listen, I'm on your side. I, I like to say that to kids. I can see, I love that God has that same view toward us, that, that yeah. he's on our side. He's going to advocate for us. And then it, it goes on uh, here. It says, if someone claims I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, the person's a liar living in the truth. So this is kind of a, uh, some of you may look at this and say, okay, there's a there's a problem here. It says one thing that kind of know you're going to sin, but on another thing, it says you, you must be a liar if you're not living correctly. Um, h- how do we square that in, in your mind? Uh, have you thought about that? Or uh... Well, I think it's all about your heart and... If, if your heart has not changed, then you're going to keep acting the same way you've always acted with, with little or no remorse. Mm-hmm. But if you feel that conviction in your heart, that comes yeah. straight from God. And, and we're never going to be perfect, but 
because we're being convicted, we know that God is walking with us and that we need to maybe change that part of our life or mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of like what it says later on. He says, cause it says following God commandments mm-hmm. and we always think of how hard it is to follow specific rules. But I, I like what it says in the summary. It says, you ought to just live like Jesus did. And what a great goal. And so if you're trying to live like Jesus and you mess up, then you have an advocate. But if you say you're living like Jesus and you're not even trying to live like him, I think that's the problem. So it's more about, like you said, your heart direction and mm-hmm. and condition. Um, there's, um, there's a little passage here in, in that First John chapter 2 where it, it's almost lyrical, which is kind of interesting. Uh, or he talks to the young people, he talks to the mature, and then he talks to young people and mature. Um, and when I get to the end of that one, I, I like the end of them. It says, in the end, God's word lives in your hearts. You've won the battle with the evil one. And that's a good thought, isn't it? Uh, you're in a battle right now. Yeah. You're in a, a battle mourning your stuff. But at the end of the day, the evil not one's not going to win. Went out on that. And- I spent a lot of time, how could I not, thinking about heaven. Mm. And and my children believe with their whole hearts in Jesus and that mom is in heaven mm-hmm. with him. And the battle is already won. Yeah. And that gives us tremendous comfort. I think that their grief is, and our grief is so much more manageable because of the hope we have. Yeah. I don't know how people manage without that. Mm. Um, I do my best to help everyone that's grieving that I can come into contact with and lead them to the truth and lead them to that hope. Um, but what a what an incredible, incredible gift that yeah. we have. And, and life is a struggle right now. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of challenges. And, and I think just knowing, you know, how this is all going to end Helps makes us get through it. it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the next verse actually kind of points out really cool. It's um, don't love the things of this world or what it offers you. Cause mm-hmm. if you love the world, you don't have the love of the father in you. There, there's a sense. And then it goes on. It says, okay, the world has physical pleasure and pride and achievements and possessions. And um, after all you've been through, none mm-hmm. of that stuff really matters. Does it? I, you know, there was a time where the things that drove me were my career um, possessions, you know, money, investments, all of those things. But I have never felt more detached than I feel right now. I, mm-hmm. I really, and, and it, it, life has been a challenge. It's been hard in the last year and a half, but grief is also a gift. It, it allows you to see things from a different perspective and see what's yeah. important and what's not and what's real yeah. and what's not. And, and, uh, I, I just try, have tried while I'm sad also to find joy and also to find the positive aspects of this experience. Amen. I like this last verse, kind of says what you just said. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what God's will is will live forever. 
And that's what your hope is. I mean, that's what all of our hope is, right? Absolutely. Uh, now, when you go to the Psalms, and I know uh, you guys are reading through, Psalms are always kind of interesting. In this particular Psalm, just to get the context, I get the sense that um, he's living with a bunch of people that are all about war and not about peace. And there was a time in David's history where he was banished from Israel and he actually went and lived outside of Israel. And this Psalm was probably written during that time where he just says, man, I, I, I'm crying out to God in my troubles. I don't want to live with people that, that are not peaceful. And maybe, maybe you have some of that cry in your heart. And I, I think Psalms, what you see in Psalms is David's honest prayers. Um, and then you go to Proverbs, and this is the last one. Maybe you can comment on this one. Greed causes fighting. Trust in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord leads to prosperity. So, uh, have you seen that? I mean, uh, in in your work and in your uh, family and your uh, life, and in all of the above. You know, I, I my kids are amazing. They're wonderful. They get along so well. But you can you can see how selfishness creeps in. Mm. And and it's my job to kind of step in and and cause them to look outside of themselves. Yeah. And and uh, and I find myself, you know, doing the same thing sometimes, just trying to keep myself sane and take care of my needs when I when I see that the kids yeah. have needs and and my colleagues have needs and to try to be there attentive to them and and just not always looking out for myself. It, it, the, no truer words, you know. Yeah. It's kind of an upside down kingdom. I mean, everyone's yeah. taught to take care of themselves and, and uh, better themselves. But the amazing thing is if you look out for others and you put them first, ah, that leads to true prosperity. It works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up, but I think I'm thinking of people that are, have been with us and they've been 11 months with us and all this, and you've done this for 11 months, read the Bible differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm going to ask you, January 1's coming. Are you going to do it again? <laughs> I think so, because as many things as I noticed and were revealed to me in Scripture this time around, I know there's going to be more the next time around. I mean, yeah. how many times are you reading and, and maybe your mind is actually yeah, preoccupied with something uh, else? Agreed. You know? And then, and then those times are actually able to focus 100%. That's when God speaks to you. Was I able to focus 100% for 365 days? Probably no. not. But... <laughs> Oh. But maybe the next time around. I, I'm 27 years into this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do it the 28th year. I'm mm -hmm. glad you're going to go at it next year. Mm -hmm. And I challenge you to do that the same. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you for joining us on GC365. And we'll see you tomorrow morning.